1: Hi everyone, <laughs> my name is Dino Ray Ramos, and welcome to yet another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. This week, we have the uber-talented Genixa Bravo, director of Zola. Okay, let, 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 let's, you know, you, everyone knows what Zola is, and if you don't, just Google Zola Twitter thread, and it's, it was this cultural phenomenon that took people by storm. It was this story that was wild, bonkers, out of control, but it was so riveting. And it was told on Twitter. It kind of changed the way we tell stories on Twitter. It is—I don't know if it's the longest Twitter thread ever, but it's—I think it's like 148, you know, tweets or something that tells this whole story of Zola. Just—just just look it up. Anyways, A24 releases Zola on June 30th. Super excited for Janixa. She, you know what, Janixa, and if you haven't seen Lemon yet, oh, she's so talented and we loved having her on. So without further ado, here is Janixa.
2: Thank you, Janixa, for for being here with us. Um, Very excited to have you on today, Uh, Zola which I've been waiting for this movie to come out ever since it was announced that it was being made into a movie. Um, it is a... I've been
1: waiting since they, she was tweeting it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, this was definitely so... Like, it was... It was crazy, but in the, I, I the most, fu- the funniest, most, I, I don't, I, 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 loved it. So, yeah. so congrats yeah. on, on the film. Um, but before we get to that, um, we like to talk to people about sort of like what, what, um, what inspired you to, to get behind the camera or to, 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 to get into this crazy business. Um, so um, I read that you grew up in, you, you you're from New York, correct? Yeah. Um, and then you're, and you li- you lived in Panama for a little bit with your with your parents.
3: Yeah, both of my parents are Panamanian. Yeah, I am also from Panama, but I was born I was born in New York. My parents are Panamanian. They had lived in New York in the late '70s to early '80s, mm-hmm. and then that's where I was born. And then I moved to Panama mm-hmm. and lived there until I was 12. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York. So Spanish is my first language. I'm I am ESL, though I do not sound ESL. Uh, I think I don't sound ESL. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. No, you don't. (laughs) Do people
1: get like freaked out when they're like you start just kind of speaking Spanish, or have you not freaked out, but like surprised?
3: Yeah, they do. I mean, it's kind of amazing because like fond memories of being on the train in New York with my mother and her whispering shitty things to me about someone, you know, like just being a total asshole, um, about a person and that speaking in Spanish is a little bit of this secret code that we had because it wasn't expected. I think I also don't read like Afro Latina or, uh, Caribbean Latino. I don't think I read that way. I think I read very American. So Mm. I I just the other day I was walking my dog and this gardener said something shitty about my dog and I turned to him and then we had this like moment where he (laughs) said that's not what I meant because what I was trying to say and I was like what you was trying to say is that you don't need to be and I because you're talking about my dog if you want to talk about my dog it's like a fight we're having so I was just like meet at, okay and then
0: yes, yes. <laughs> let him really know
3: taking it back and now we see each other we we run into each other all the time <laughs> and we're it's we're on a we're in, we're on good terms now but we had a, <laughs> we had a dark beat and now we're fine. <laughs> i love
2: it um so so growing up in a latin household what was what was entertainment um, or I guess, what was the entertainment industry? What was, it, what was the perspective of the entertainment industry to, to your parents or to the people in your family? Like, was it something that they encouraged or supported? Um, <laughs> that is, if only, that if only a
3: podcast could hear a face. Yes.
2: <laughs> that look <laughs> right? though. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like how was it for you growing up and, and having these sort of aspirations?
3: Well, I'm cur- i am I, cur—I—I—I'm gonna say I'm really bad at interviews because I sometimes want to ask questions. Okay, but well, I, go ahead. This is yeah. think of
1: this as a conversation like we're kicking yeah. at Starbucks okay. or your Great. local coffee shop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to support small business, but I like. Yes. Okay. Uh, support and, small business. Uh, yes. I am yeah. curious where both of you are from and where your mm. families are from, if those. Yeah. Are- yeah. yeah. Mm. Where, well, I'm my family's from Nigeria.
2: Um, I'm first generation. I grew up in Texas, but um, my, yeah, I was born in Texas. But my family, my parents came um, to America when, when they got married, pre- when, when older, close to when they got married. So, so yeah, we talk about this in our podcast. Like, yeah. are, we, this was not something. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> was like, Do they even understand what you know, said? They are don't really know. <laughs> about it. And so it's well, like, You know, in a a first generation household, it's always, you have the four, the the four, I call it the four pillars of career, which is doctor, lawyer, engineer. (laughs) Business. uh, The very generic business. business, like Or or like, I think it's like pharmacy or something that they would be okay with, but it's like. Or like the medical umbrella. Anything in the medical field, right? Yeah. So that was, that was what we were encouraging up until college. That's what I was sort of doing. And then in college, I had it's a long story but then i (laughs) I switched basically and that that was the whole thing but (laughs) oh oh,
3: i'm sure yeah Yeah. Um,
1: my parents are from the philippines i'm first gen as well it's it's so interesting you're asking this because i was listening to something other days like i'll like I've never really sat down with my parents and had like, oh, tell me about your journey. Like I could, like, <laughs> I interview people all the time and it's like, oh, how come I haven't really talked to my parents? My Well, I know uh, like my dad joined the American military, which was kind of his way to get into the country. And we all know the problematic relationship with the United States and Philippine, the Philippines that's a whole other conversation. Um, so he, uh, they immigrated here, like my, 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 my parents got married in the Philippines uh, and then my dad enlisted. He came here first, my mom followed and then like we hopped around, not as much as many other uh, 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 military families, but ended up in San Antonio, Texas. Like me and Amanda are both from Texas, but we like, we didn't know each other then, but uh, I, I, I lived there for a while, but yeah. Totally Filipino, but I think it's it's weird. And I was texting back and forth with my sister the other night, saying like they they no longer live in Texas; they live in the Bay Area, um, outside of the Bay Area, like San Ramon, like hella uh, um, like suburban. But I see my parents got more progressive, which was so wild.
2: That's cool. Uh,
1: yeah, it's well, they're still my parents. Like, they're yeah. gonna, <laughs> leave <it>. they're, gonna <laughs> they're, they're still gonna be like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're stupid," but like my the, my life like decisions have been interesting. Like when I first said, oh, I'm gonna be a journalist. They're like, oh, so what's the backup plan? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: Well, that's, so the reason I asked this is that I had a feeling my answer, I, I something told me that you had a sense, that both of you had a sense of what my answer was going to be. No, it was not, an artistic path was not encouraged in my household. I, when I was little, Very little. I wanted to go to the Olympics for track and field. And so I trained as a runner, uh, and I, you know, had a Olympic coach even, you know, which is just, I I think a retired, he was a retired runner who had run and, um, I, that was the plan I was going to do 200 meter, 400 meter. That was, I was really strong. My numbers were good. I had a lot of gold medals. I was competing at a relatively national level in Panama. And, uh, and then when I was a teenager, I found out I had to have spinal surgery and that basically stopped my running career. And I had always wanted to do theater always. Like I had always loved theater. I had done it when I could, when I wasn't, you know, uh, Training. And so I remember it feeling like there was this end, but what I really saw was a beginning. And I was excited. I I, I kind of used it as a way to get my parents to not feel i basically used it i mean i'm trying to think of like i knew that they they thought okay you're not going to be a track star well now you're going to be a doctor and i was like maybe i'm going to be an actor mm-hmm. and i'm having spinal surgery so we can't be mad about that okay <laughs> And i totally used it and it worked i mean they i think they kept thinking i would it wouldn't work and then i would find myself uh, in medical school and my best friend growing up who's from Taiwan like went to medical school is a doctor and I think they were just like can you (laughs) I feel like if you ask them to define what I do now they (laughs) wouldn't be able to understand it they like the part of my job that means someone's taking a photo of me and that that photo of me might exist in like a magazine like they think that part's really cute um They understand acting. They don't understand whatever is happening behind the camera, even if Mm. I try to dissect it or explain it to them. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I am so curious what they feel now. I think they still have anxiety about what stability looks like.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah,
3: Our our, our eyes are like. They, no. Also because I'm I'm recently divorced, or I've been divorced a few years, and I think that they understood stability to be something that I was getting from my husband, right. uh, fi- financial, emotional, otherwise mm-hmm. like protection, and yeah. me being single and 40, and that they're like, oh, she's lost. Mm-hmm. And what's this job? It's not real. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think they feel really sad for me.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't fault our parents, right? Like they want the best for us. And obviously like they have their, their idea of what, what is, what's the best
3: for us, but it's, you know, it's- You I, know, I, but some questions would go a long way. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yes, just yes. some questions like, how much do you make? Yeah. <laughs> Who's paying your rent? I mean, there's just like some questions that are not being asked. Yeah. Here, yeah. So yeah. their anxiety also, is like their own because they're not asking any questions. Right. It is, right? Like. Yeah. It's,
2: i i think i think you're right because i feel like for, i know with my mom my mom is becoming she's a little bit more progressive than my dad my dad has this ideology that this is this is how life is and if you follow these things in life then you'll be successful mm-hmm. and it's like i don't it's like 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 what you said like asking the questions and and really like you know seeing if you're i feel like our parents don't really do that because it's like they have this idea of what life should look like especially you know at a certain age and if it's something is not that way it's like something is wrong or something is off so
1: (laughs) yeah i i I found what really helped i don't know if you have siblings or not but if your siblings have kids and then they have grandkids it takes so much stuff (laughs) off of you like yeah uh, like like once my sister had her kids they were like oh Get the fuck out of our way, Dino. We're going to concentrate. We're going to make sure
3: they go to, they go, they go to med school. I could really, that's the other thing is I don't have, I don't have children. Yeah. And I don't really want to have children. And that's fine. yeah. There, but it doesn't, it's like, well, what's the plan here, sis? Yeah. <laughs> Like, right. so yeah. you're not, You don't want children. Do your you're parents, not a doctor. <laughs> what are you lost. doing? Like I said, I think they think I'm lost. I think they're just like, I hope you next day. Your
2: parents, do your parents always like, and, and my parents tell me this. Like, I'm acting too American sometimes. Like when I when I when the, when I'm doing stuff that's like not traditionally Nigerian, my parents would be like, "Oh, like, why are you acting so American?" And I'm like, "But I grew up <laughs> because, here." <laughs> And that's what oh, I know. That's, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that's oh, wow. not just like American. It's like, why are you acting like the Western, like Western people? Like, oh, so like, why are you acting like, white? You know? I was <laughs> just gonna say that's what yeah. I get. You know, our, the way we do as Nigerians, like, why aren't you? Basically, that's what they mean by like you're acting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but it's like I said, I I, I understand them, and I'm like, I, I get you want the best for me, but there there are different paths to success in life, and and I think that if you ask, like you said, and if you talk to me more. <laughs> you might, you might be, your qualms might be eased, but yeah. Um, but speaking of, so, so for for you, um, going back to the your early days of your starting the career, um, what were were there any particular um, performances or movies or TV shows that that really made you want to become an uh, a filmmaker or an actor? Like, is there is there anything that sparked? Do you, can you recall anything that sparked your interest?
3: No, I can't pinpoint one thing that did that. I watched a lot of television. I watched, oh my God, I watched so much TV. I'm mostly an only child. That is to say, I am my mother's only child. My father has other children and my stepfather uh, also has other children. So they're siblings in my life, but they're half and step and we didn't grow up together. So all this is to say is i had a television in my bedroom and so i watched a lot of tv movies we had a satellite at one point
1: oh that that, you were fancy
3: i it's a central america in the 80s you know i had like (laughs) i'm sure it was like bought in debatable ways but we had a satellite i I, I had hella filipino family who who
1: stole cable
3: (laughs) there was also like a stolen cable box at some point um but And and I used to I had a a, we could rent I could rent movies from the from a video shop or video store. So all that is to say is I watched I watched so much growing up and and across the board. You know I also my parents took me to see the movies that they wanted to see, which are usually movies that I was not supposed to see. And I don't there isn't one thing that did that. I just know that having been Having grown up by myself, and having had a kind of intimate relationship with a lot of inanimate objects, being a loner, <laughs> not a chosen loner, I think that movies, television was very comforting to me. And um, you know, if you were to be in my house right now, the you, the TV is always on in the background. Like Turner Classic Movies is on two rooms away from here, and and the radio is on next to Turner Classic Movies. And sometimes when people are in my home, they're just like, so what's the sound you want me to be picking up on? And I'm like, oh, I just, I like the radio on, I like the television on, I like just hearing those voices and there is something to being held sonically by oh me too yeah yeah, yeah. I, was, I thought i was the only one but i'm like I like, just have like background noise
2: i like the back i have tv on the background even if i'm not paying attention i like to keep it on just because especially when i'm by myself because it's like somebody's here <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. there's
3: someone in the other room yeah, yeah. yeah. you good do you need a glass of water <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay great
1: so jenixa you know when you kind of first were you entered the biz or you opened the door into this world we call Hollywood whatever uh, what what were you looking to do what kind of stories were you looking to tell what interested you most about like film and tv
3: i realize also i didn't all the way answer your previous question as you were just asking this question mm-hmm. and you know, I wanted to do theater. That's okay. what I wanted to do. I okay. wasn't looking to do film. I think mm. I had had a fascination with film and TV, but to me it was definitely a step two, a step three. And my my love, my mm-hmm. first love was the theater. And regarding a transition into the film space, the question you just asked, Dino, I wasn't actively, I didn't actively have a plan or a list of these are the kinds of stories I want to tell. When I started writing, I noticed that I wrote a lot of the same kind of person. Mm-hmm. And it was somebody who was or maybe had an arrested development. It was somebody who felt very much like uh, they were on the outside. It was a uh, protagonist lacking in a home or a community. They tended to be characters that felt a bit displaced. And, uh, and who were inherently lonely. And when I, now when I look back, they seem to be all iterations of myself or a, a way that I saw myself or where I was in that moment. So the answer is, I, I think I can only gravitate towards the thing I need to work through or exorcise. Like, what do I mm. need to, what am I, you know, what is therapy not answering?
0: <laughs> that, oh
3: like, you know, like how much more excavating can I do here? Like each of each piece, for the most part, there are a couple of things I worked on that I just wanted to play in a certain way, but for the most part, the characters were always a way for me to explore some aspect of myself to be able to also just be a little more tender and more generous with myself and where I was at or where I was not.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, You know, you know, being being a woman of color in this industry, of course, or just being a person of color, anyone in the margins, but specifically a woman of color, um, did you already kind of when you did kind of make that transition from going to theater from theater to film, and did you know that you kind of had to brace yourself and what you might and would encounter in the industry based on, I guess, like media and like you know colleagues and peers, like. How did you, uh, I guess, start to navigate uh, this space, which isn't necessarily built for people of color, <laughs> uh, or, or like, how how did you just begin your career and just, you know, manage expectations?
3: Yeah. I, gosh, this uh, this is such a good question. It's such a it's a it's such a hardy question mm-hmm. that I want to answer it succinctly because we could spend the whole hour. Yeah talking about this. Um, I, in a way, I feel like there's something a little bit green or not all the way developed about this, this question for me. Like as I entered, I don't think that I totally understood that I would be seen as being limited or that I would be treated like Gosh, what is the word really like? I didn't know that I was black in the industry. I, I, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I realize that sounds sort of goofy. No, I, I think I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, so what I'm trying to say is like, all of my life, I grew up around white people, and uh, even when I was in Panama, you know, at home in Panama, of course, my parents are are like black Latin, and and my friends and my family are black Latin, but I went to an American school. And first I went to a Panamanian school, then I went to American school, and I'd always been around white people, junior high when I moved to New York, very diverse, but again, there always been white people, I'd always been close with white people, high school, college, and I think I was so intimate or so close with so many white people that I which I am grateful for because I navigated through the world very similarly. And it Mm. wasn't until someone told me I was not like them, that I I was not like them. And so I think I was very formed and influenced by the people I was close to. I was also close to black people and also close to brown people, but some of my closest, like most intimate relationships were with white men and white women. And I saw how they moved and I thought, well, but then I will move in the same way and right. some of that benefit some of that did benefit me right um, and then some of it of course didn't help me and it, those the the blows felt like bigger and harder and it took some learning right uh, to see I, I just didn't know it was different, you know. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. that sounds a little goofy.
1: No. But I no, was I think,
3: learning by I, example, right? Like all mm-hmm. of my friends who were filmmakers. Right. Who, I went to NYU to direct theater, or I went to NYU to be an actor and a director in theater, made a lot of friends who were in the film school, mm-hmm. all of them straight white men. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I saw how he did it, so I'm going to do yeah. it. That. Yeah. Yeah. So right. me met with friction or hostility, and I was confused, and I didn't understand that. So much of my hurdle was race and sex. I right.
1: didn't know that. Mm, no, I, that makes perfect sense, honestly, because yeah. it's like, oh, people don't—you don't know your differences until someone points it out to you, and then you're like, right. oh, wait a second. I thought we were on the p- same playing field, but yeah. you're playing—you're on a different field that's nicer. Yeah, and <laughs> I have mine's longer <laughs> and requires more work. Yeah, uh, but no, it makes—it's like especially. Like me, I I was like you. It's like uh, growing up in Texas, right? mostly white people all
2: my life. My neighbors, my school was like maybe three percent black people, but it was like I didn't get, I didn't know about privilege and anything like that until really college, when it really started like hitting me in the, like you know, hitting me in the face. Yeah, maybe I I didn't take notice of it maybe until college because it's like you know, like you said, that's
1: where you learn that you're different. Because I went to. I know Amanda went to UT and we, and uh, I went to Texas A&M, which at the time, they were like rival. (laughs) Like it was 88% white, I think. Um, And then when I got there, and then that's where I joined the Filipino Student Association, and I was like, "Oh, these people aren't like me, but they were more like me than everyone else at that school." Yeah. And then I just, oh god, I became that idealistic college kid who think they could change the world. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh let me do some spoken word poetry." Oh, Aww. dear lord! <laughs>
2: but
3: so it was part of my journey.
1: It was yeah. part of my journey. Um, but yeah. Okay. You know. We and
3: all I- come from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> right and and i mean and and it's why we
2: are here where we why we're here now so yeah. i mean obviously everything happens for a reason um so i want to ask you about uh zola cuz you talked about you know the kind of the kind of things that you, that you that you take from your life that inspire you in your work and that you write about um so what was it about zola um or i'm sorry her name is escaping me um i, I asia I, Asia, Asia, yes, I'm sorry. She Asia. goes by Zola. Okay, she goes by Zola. Okay. Um, what about? But I try to say real Zola to be clear that I don't mean yeah, That's why I want to distinguish and say her name because I. Well, so, what is it about real Zola? That, real
1: Zola versus on screen Zola. There
2: that, um, you go. It's,
3: it's movie Zola, it's real Zola, yeah, it's, yeah, there it's you life go. Zola, it's flat Zola, you know.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, what was it about her story and her tweets? That really stood out to you, and and I, and I and I know you came on this project in 2017, but I, I read that you had started you had started writing about it or started working on it before. Um before I don't know if that's I don't know if that's that's true, but um,
3: a <laughs> uh, short uh, no so,
2: <laughs> I, it, I was a, it was a quote from Jimmy, I think maybe I read maybe I misread it, but I, I i but I heard that you were really interested in being a part of this project
3: basically yeah so, so yeah the the thread came out in two thousand and fifteen. Right. I tried to go after it in two thousand and fifteen and That was when James Franco was at one point was me he, he was gonna direct it, right? Yes. So okay. when I tried to go after it in 2015, there were already five other entities, more or less, going after it who all had money. Mm-hmm. So my efforts were, well, they didn't land because um, I didn't have cash. I had a brain. That's I was offering a brain. I was offering. a and your talent. Yeah, yeah. I was,
0: yeah. Yeah. Sure. I was like,
3: talent. honey, we got craft. You can't pay. Can't pay the bills with craft. So. Um, <laughs> So between 2015-2017, the the so the IP, which is her life rights and this Rolling Stone article were purchased by a production company. That production company attached a director, attached a set of writers. And and so James and the other two writers were doing that that what would i call it like iteration 1 of zola um, right. and then james stepped off of the film at the beginning of 2017 and i got wind that it was around again and so i went after it mm. uh, and 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 the rest is well we're here <laughs> <laughs> well, what about what about, uh, what about it what yeah. about what was your what, question you know, i I, you can tell I will answer a question in 89 sentences, and no, that's fine. Still not answer it. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I was so attracted to her wit and and her power. And I, when I read the thread in 2015, I went and I did some digging on her. I was like, Who is this? Mm-hmm. I don't know it all, and I was like, She's 19. 19, yeah, you know, right? 19. My God, if I had, if you saw Janix at 19, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we should see her, you guys. Like, she's not great. I would uh, to see her at 19. <laughs> I think she's very think, uncomfortable, I she's and I think she is pretending she's not uncomfortable. I think mm-hmm. she's terrified. Uh, I think she's, like, working on finding her voice. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, who I was at 19, there's so much... I I was not fearless. I was not a fearless 19-year-old. And I was so attracted to this fearless 19-year-old who also already had such a clear sense of her writer's voice. I mean, I thought, fuck, man, if I could have tapped into 10% of this part of myself at 19, like, who would I be today? Where would I be today? And I had this very maternal instinct around that where when I read about her, I was like, I want to take care of her. And I wanna protect her because the business can be very unkind and and the business will take advantage of you. And I wanna step in and sort of godmother her through this process. And and that was, I wanted to godmother that voice. I wanted to take uh-huh. care of the individual that had that voice, that had that access, that to me. The thread was like a great piece of literature. Coming from the theater, I was like, this is a fucking incredible play. And I want to make this play and this voice needs this care, you know? Yeah, I, I'm I, so I I really
2: like love that you guys had her the real Zola involved in this project because I feel like a lot of times in Hollywood, Hollywood likes to you know swoop up a lot of IP, a lot of life rights to people's stories, but a lot of the times they don't like to involve the actual people in the making of these of these films or these TV series. So I I, I love that you guys had her. Um, I don't know how the extent of her involvement, but I mean, I saw that she was doing press. She's been talking about the film. Like you, you you're talking. You're saying she, you want to her. piece
1: got made into a book.
2: Yeah so, <laughs> yeah. so I'm I'm curious. Was that was 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 her involvement? Was that something that was always along with the project, or was that something that happened when you came along?
3: I can't speak to iteration one. I'm okay. not a part of iteration okay. one. Okay. I did really I didn't care what iteration one was meaning it's yeah. just that's not my story right yeah, right yeah. right uh, when I showed up I was like this is my story and this is how I want to tell it right And for me it was essential that she be a part of it. She is a personality and an entity very much born out of the internet. And, right. and what I understand on the outside, I, I'm not on Twitter, but when I understand about the internet, the internet really thrives on how you got it wrong. And mm. that, that is yep. the thing that feeds it, right? And right. so I was just like, yeah, dog, like we gotta, mm, we just have to bring her in. Yeah. Also because she is a person born out of the internet. I think if that she, if a lot of the internet says you got fucked over, I think she's gonna hear that she got fucked over yeah. and that doesn't really benefit us right yeah. one that's like a real sort of uh, uh that's not like the deepest way to look at it but that that's one 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 way to one eye on it and then right. the other was it's only going to be better if she co-signs it's only going to be better no. if i make a movie that she loves and right. that she goes like she's gonna stand next to me you know uh, not everything goes well and not everything is received well or praised But if she is standing next to me and she stands by the thing that we made that I made Then I won already right yeah. like if the movie does well Financially if the movie does well in in criticism all of those things are also wins But the first win is her approval.
1: I love that Yeah, I, love that. Yeah, I mean Watching the film, for, right from the jump, it's just like, I mean, I, I, I watched Lemon and, you know, I, I love your style of storytelling and then, and what you did with Zola, it kind of has this almost pulpy vibe, almost, but also this kind of 70s realism kind of like vibe and, oh God, Taylor and Riley together. God damn! It was,
2: and
3: it was are they man. such a good duo? All
1: yeah. the all, all the actors,
2: the whole cast, amazing. It's like, like Coleman and I, it, it, him, it, it, I, always him, I always called him I always called him Greg Greg from Secession, but,
3: but you know, he's not cousin Greg. I don't cousin want anything to do with cousin Greg, but I'm Derek. Just, he was, Derek.
2: I loved it. yes, he is. But I just, I just, want, I loved him in this film. He—he. He yeah,
1: him. and, he and it. I, it just, just the way you, it, it's been sculpted and and and, and uh, just how it was told. And you know what? I love me a movie under one, uh, 90 minutes. So <laughs> give me
3: an, <laughs> I'm so
1: glad. And like how it, it ended when it needed to end. And I was just like, okay. And it's, like seeing Taylor and Riley, like I, God, it, it's just so good. But when you were sculpting this um, uh, and from the Twitter thread to the film, you know, how do you think kind of IP or just Zola changed the way we are telling stories right now or more specifically, how, how, how has like that whole Twitter thread kind of uh, inspired you in terms of your storytelling?
2: Hmm, or I don't, in terms of where you find stories
1: yeah oh yeah
3: I, yeah i what i hope it does is i right before sundance last year i was in my car driving and i had NPR on and i think it's called film i think film week is the program that comes on friday mornings and they mm. were talking about sundance and i forget who it was said it but zola came up and i was so excited because i listen to this program all the time mm-hmm. in my car when i'm driving and um and but it came up that there was a tonality around it, right? It was like uh, a movie based off of Twitter thread. What are they gonna do next? To make a movie out of a board game? And that was the beat. And I was like, Well, bitch, actually like, they Battleship Pluyana and <laughs> Clue is pretty fucking good. So yeah, they have. But it was it was this reductive, dismissive tone. Right. And um, and I think that the decision makers, it's less about the three of us thinking that the story has value Mm. really because we don't have money to make shit, right? It's the, it's the, it's the people at the very top. It's the people that are actually financing. And so what I hope that the movie says is that there ought to be a multitude of like avenues or doors where we can find new creatives who have really like not a direct road to the thing that we're you know all inside of or next to um and what I hope that also happens in addendum to that is that a film can be an example of how to engage those individuals and not use them yeah. uh, in in the making of, you know uh, but I can't all the way speak to, how it's I don't know I mean it it hasn't come out yet so I think think the movie has to come out and probably has to do a certain way for Mm -hmm. that dialogue to happen yeah right so what do you what do you hope
2: the movie's coming out soon it's coming out June 30th what do you hope people take away from it when when they when they see it
3: you're gonna be sad to hear this because I never answer this question (laughs) And um, I never answer this question because I'm much more interested in what you took away from it. Mm. And I'm much more interested in what you took away from it. Like I want what's Amanda's takeaway, what's Dino's takeaway. That's what feeds me as Mm -hmm. the filmmaker, right? Mm. Like I I don't answer this too because, not because I think of myself as a painter, but I am reminded of, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Guernica it's one of my favorite favorite pieces of art it, it's a picasso piece and it lives in this museum in spain um called centro de arte de reina sofia and it is oh my god i actually been <laughs> you have so i'm sure you've yeah. seen it where you guys this masterpiece it hangs on a wall all by itself but in the room leading up to it and maybe this has changed you see like all the like steps leading up to it and like individual pieces and I I don't want to say too much about the painting because you should just look it up on your own. It's so Mm -hmm. fantastic. But every time I've seen that piece, I had never had the privilege of what it was meant to mean to me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what did you want me to take away from this? And it's always been about my individual experience and so much. I've seen it so many times and every time something different happened. And every time I focused on something else. And I was bringing who I was that day to my experience of the piece, the the journey to get to the painting through the museum, the person that cut me off, the man that like smoked in my fate, like all of that was a part of what I was taking away. So it's hard for me to answer that because, you know, I made the movie, the movie is very much in my DNA. There isn't Mm. a, a takeaway to be had because mine is going to be totally individual. And even though Amanda, you and I are both black women, our experience will not be the same. And right. so mm-hmm. I am just, I ultimately am more excited by your takeaway and I would mm. love for you yeah. to question. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, you go first. <laughs> um, Gino's like, mm-hmm, you go 1st and I'm writing the <laughs> notes down. I, all I want to <laughs> say
2: is I, I really, I really thought that the, the, the piece read authentic. To, to, to the I mean I've never I've never experienced a day like that but I I felt like <laughs> <Do> <laughs> I bonkers like, personalities wise yeah, no I've never been um but it, it felt really authentic I really liked how I don't want to give away too much of the movie but I I I liked the journey that Zola's character went on I liked how she was very like you and thinking thinking about nineteen and the fearless thing like I'm I like putting that together that's that is crazy like at 19 do you how 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 confident are you at standing up for yourself you know and yeah, so yeah, i yeah. Think, i think it has like a really great message um mm. the film um and and like i said i think the performances they all killed it um i i i think that everybody should watch this movie i think people yeah. any a lot anybody can get something out of this
3: movie yeah.
2: um
0: really yeah,
1: yeah i think you. No, I, I just think, what I, I, I like to kind of dissect the things, you know, the characters and like, all. Oh, okay. First off, I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, imagine how this would have been if a man directed it. That's what I was like thinking. I was all it would be right. totally different. And um, I just was just like, the, the 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 film could have easily fallen into a trap of like, oh, pimps and hoes, that kind of thing. But uh, it's like, oh, no, it's not that. It, it is about... Zola and I do like how she is she could have just been easily like all oh I'm a sassy dancer whatever but I like how Taylor portrayed her so much it's like yeah and and then it it teaches I I think it also teaches self-worth and and value and when to say no um to kind of someone who is bossing you around and just having agency over your own journey um and I think Because in a way, you know, Zola is our surrogate, right? And we're we're living this through her. And I think I've been through experiences, not like this, but like people, like, you know, a friend's like, oh, come on, it's going to be fun. And then you go and then you're just like, oh my God, I do not want to be here. <laughs> it's like, I do not want to be here. Something bad's going to happen. And then something bad happens. And you're just like, I'll oh, see. I told myself, but I still went on that journey. Uh, yeah. But I, I just, I just like, and then I think going back before about, you know, people like kind of dismissing the movie because it's based on a Twitter thread. I was just like, it's because Zola knows how to tell a story. And we saw something in that and it was an intro although it's bonkers it could have easily been pulpy bonkers satire but it was like a genuine journey or genuine narrative that's like oh wow this is interesting it's something we haven't seen before and i want to get to know zola more yeah. The zola verse imagine the zola verse <laughs> the zola cinematic universe <laughs> I, be,
3: I, I mean was, we're yeah. in it right now this is our first entry yeah yes
1: (laughs) yes and then we'll have an end game with thanos this
3: is this is her mcu yes Yes, it is okay uh, the the
1: the casting like for i mean i'm not just saying this the casting is so on point like i was like oh these people are like so good and i've seen taylor before and things and riley and everyone but it's just like it's just so fun to watch, and it also is fun. you learn something.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is fun, and I liked how like the comedy was in there, but it wasn't like it. You know, it was just seamless, seamlessly like woven into this narrative. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I think there's something there. I mean, Dino just kind of pointed out, but I think there is something in there for everybody mm-hmm. um to watch. Yeah. So so yeah, go see it, people. Yeah, go Yay! see it, guys. Go see it, so to well.
3: all your
2: so, but what's what's next for you? Uh, is there is there um anything that you can talk? I know there there was a Jake Gyllenhaal project that was announced um some time ago.
1: Okay, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal.
2: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but was there is there is there anything else you can talk about or you can tell us? Or no. if not, if not, okay, if you're not. Oh my god. Come on,
3: we're, we're come on, just tell us. <laughs> I know. It's so it's it's such a it's so frustrating. Actually, this is something it's not dissimilar to what happened with Zola, where like I got the job in 2017 and I think it didn't come out that I was working on it until like two years later. Yeah, Yeah. And some of that has to do with the fact that so much doesn't come together. Right. Like the project with Jake is Jake Gyllenhaal is surprising to me that it exists because we haven't sold it. It was an article that I was attracted to that I read two years ago that Somebody else was on it and then they dropped out and then it came back to me and I met the writer and uh, Last year and I sent it to Jake's company saying I think he would be great for this mm-hmm. And it literally doesn't exist like I, there's a script right. and but we're in rewrites right now And then we have to take it out and sell it and hopefully somebody buys it But if it's not bought there was this announcement for a thing that never comes to be and that's totally possible Yes, there are plenty of reasons to say yes, but there are plenty of reasons to say yes and people still say no right yeah. so i i i while you know the little kid in me wants the birthday cake um i understand this holding back until it actually is tangible because there's yeah. so much ellipsis in our business our business is so it could have been it could be wow they've been working on that for 10 years and now yeah. you know it's like a, so much of it is like that so there are a handful of these projects, I and I seem to be on a lot of these projects, and I don't know if they're gonna happen. Yeah, but but I'm gonna be I'm gonna have a job, guys. It's fine. That's the nature
1: of the industry, right? Is like throwing everything against the wall. Like you're just constantly spinning plates, right? You know? That exactly.
3: that's the other thing. I'm like I'm working on too many projects at once because only really probably one or two of them are gonna happen, mm. and so um, many of them won't, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. nature of the biz
3: yeah hopefully we'll get we'll get
2: some concrete announcement soon
1: (laughs) for the zola cinematic
2: universe
3: (laughs)
1: the ZCU.
3: that's right that's good i like that
2: Uh, okay so we like to to wrap up this interview with this fun section we call the facts or the faqs just random questions to end end it off with so your first question is what is the last series that you binged
3: Ooh, that's good. Um, shit, shit. Does it have to be like in its entirety? Oh, no, no, or, or like
1: what you're currently watching or whatever. Yeah, shit, yeah.
3: Guys, I'm watching Law & Order season six. Um, <laughs> I just finished season five. I just started season six last night. Oh, wow. uh, it's great, it's really great. I miss the boat on Law & Order. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I moved didn't. to the US and it was, going and I think mm-hmm. I just associated it with grandma shows or something yeah like that. yeah yeah it felt like something your parents were watching it just yeah. felt old very adult and so I just missed it and I a few years ago really got into law and order special victims unit because mm-hmm. I was like in a hotel uh, and there was nothing on television, but you could rent like a twenty five dollar movie that you were like, why <laughs> would I be renting a movie for twenty five dollars? And uh, and so on the USA Network there was a a what do you call it when a marathon? Uh, yeah. SVU, but it was only the ones that starred like famous people. <laughs> and so I ended up watching I think twenty hours of SVU and was like wow guys what have I been missing out on this is mm. genius I'm obsessed and i really resisted regular Law and Order but my editor Joy McMillan who edited Lemon and-, and Zola with me is like yeah it's great but OG Law and Order and I set a series recording and yeah. it started and I was like guys go. Mm-hmm. I'm in Chris Knoth I didn't realize that like big from Sex and the City yeah, was I mean- on Law & Order, I'm like, oh, what? A lot of people,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's like a, I think any and all actors have been on some sort of right. <laughs> Law & Order thing. I right?
3: really am trying to will this into existence because regular Law & Order is not on, but SVU is still on. I want to mm-hmm. be the person at the beginning of the episode that finds the body. <laughs> okay. I want to be like eating a bagel and being like, oh no and then and then you have like that brief conversation where you're like yeah i was just eating a bagel and i was on my phone and then i saw a head and then they're they're just like
1: they're like writing down they're like "Uh uh-huh
3: thank you i want to play that person so badly i really want mine to be like i'm running in the park
1: Mm -hmm. yeah there you go or speed walking
3: yes yes i'm walking a dog you know and i'm like oh my god i just i really want that for me and i and i hope you guys want it for me too
1: (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll we'll put that out into the universe. Yeah, will we'll. You? we'll okay, yeah, we'll, we're putting that into the universe. But I've I've learned. I mean, I've only watched a couple episodes of SVU, and but from what I gather, a lot of the gateway is SVU. Like a lot of people just start with SVU, and then they just start watching everything else.
2: Like how soap op- people were with soap operas, right? Like didn't a lot of a lot of these big stars come through soap operas, and then like they're all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like Julianne Moore was on Guiding Light or something like that. I mean, like can
3: that. you believe it? All <laughs> <laughs> the stars must still be pissed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're like, oh, someone else was. I think Josh Duhamel. He looks well. He just looks like a a, a soap star. Uh, I think he was <laughs> he does, though. But was he? Oh, so many people came, and then I think in Australia, everyone is on that show, Neighbors. There's a show called Neighbors that everyone was on yeah, or something like, like that. Opera. It's like a new oh. show. yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, so Janixa, if you were in a room with you and your doppelganger and two million dollars, what would you do?
3: Oh, I mean, (laughs) is this like fevery? No, it's like, say
1: you're just in a room
3: with Mm -hmm. your
1: doppelganger and you kind of just find yourself in there with your doppelganger and two million dollars. And what kind of, how do you, it, everything yeah, how do you assess this situation? And well,
3: like, I'm very confused. I'm just yes. sort of like, well, who are you? <laughs> where would where you, are you? What do you do? I think I would okay. have a lot of questions for the doppelganger. <laughs> Honestly, what, million. Like, would you even? Like,
1: would you kill your doppelganger to get the money? Oh,
3: okay. so but I would rather them just have it and kind okay. of see. I mean, <laughs> now I don't have two million dollars, but I. Uh, I that's so learn.
1: given of you, though. Uh, that's yeah,
3: nice. I mean, I think I'm just more curious about them, and what? I have a feeling we could also just split it. If like, yeah. we, if if someone has to take the money to get out of the room, we could just be yeah, like, let's split it, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. No one needs to die here. <laughs> okay. But I like need to understand where you are journeying and what are you right. doing? Right. Yeah, because yeah. that is a confused. Like, I
1: was thinking about this question too, and I saw this like someone who looks exactly like me, two million dollars. I would be confused, but I think I would just take the money and run. <laughs> I
3: wouldn't you be fascinated by them? I'm also just like who has better style?
1: <laughs> I would be scared. I would be I wouldn't I, I would be scared of them honestly of myself. I was like, this is weird, but anyways. <laughs> okay. Does
3: she read more than I do?
1: Probably.
2: <laughs> You're like really saying. Okay. Next question how would you prepare for a zombie apocalypse okay so like what's like your number one essential thing for a zombie apocalypse what what do you think
3: i have a feeling i'd be very bad at this because i would be like what hat am i wearing <laughs> <laughs> what is like a neutral hat that's going to get me through a lot of looks go- um so and it's also functional
1: I'm- like protecting against the elements right
3: yeah absolutely and also something about warmth i would be concerned about temp Mm-hmm. Um, I have some of those um, those silver blankets that you give to runners at the end of a race, and yeah. I, I think I would probably try and store some of those. I'm assuming in this apocalypse, I have to leave my house, right? I can yeah. I just stay here. Yeah. So I was like, can I just stay here? <laughs> so I'm on the move, I'm packing a lot of those silver bags. You're getting a good new chat. Um, probably some sort of shawl attempt. I'm very concerned about the temperature you guys. I have a shaved head. I'm very concerned about the temperature. <laughs> I, I
1: like how you haven't mentioned food yet, but that's okay. <laughs> I
3: can, I can do shockingly really well with very little food and very little water. I'm not saying that's a positive thing about yeah. me, Yeah, I can. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, so I'm like, food will figure it out. Food's uh, gonna yeah. weigh me down. Like I'm moving place to place. Oh, also I guess like a lot of cash, although cash likely has no value in this world. Right. So yeah. yeah. From
1: your doppelganger. Your doppelganger will have the cash.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, uh, okay, so- um, I'm also
3: probably carrying my dog. Like I just think I'm not getting far. Uh,
2: I yeah, mean, well, you I'm know.
3: not getting far because I'm bringing my dog she but at least that, like, you'll
1: movement.
2: look good and yeah, you'll walk to a zombie apocalypse like, I'm yeah. one of
3: the first to die I'm dying <laughs> at the top of the movie because I'm like walking my dog in a good hat she starts barking at all the zombies <laughs> but
1: yes she actually worked. and then the, the zombie starts <laughs> speaking Spanish to you thinking that you can't understand them yeah, I'm just like fuck <laughs> okay so uh, Janixa we know that you were a runner in the past but if you can compete in an, any Olympic sport, other than track and field, what would it be?
3: Now, in this world, am I good at this sport? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Genixa bringing Genixa
1: like, to the sport. Genixa, you are good at, you've been training, like let's just say you've been training for something, but what would that something be other than track I, and field?
3: I mean, I think a lot of us wish we could be a gymnast. Oh right? yeah. Like, There's just Simone something Biles. so stunning and so beautiful about mm. the way that they move. I would say that or ice skating, like I find Ooh. those to be really moving, that mm. that kind of choreography and, and re- like mu- musculature, the musculature that it takes and that-
1: Those athletes, for real. Yeah,
3: those decisions are happening so early, right? Like that, to be good at those sports, you have to make that choice
0: very little yeah, like or that choice on. has to
3: be made for you very little. So I'm pretty fascinated by that. I also like the javelin. There's something really beautiful about that, right? Like the, is that the right thing? Is that what I mean, the javelin? Yeah,
1: javelin, yeah. The one where you, look, it's like that wobbly thing or, or the, the pole vault.
3: Yeah, the oh that's the one. Yes, and you you move with it. Yes, that's that one. That one, I really like that. That's sexy yeah, if you were a gymnast.
1: Oh, fencing. Fencing's
3: hot. I just am listing a list now, guys. Fencing's pretty hot. <laughs> but
1: if you were a gymnast, what would your kind you know everyone has their specialty, right? Like floor, beam, parallel, horse, whatever what would you want your specialty to be
3: Uh, uneven bars
1: okay good 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 good
3: (laughs) i'm all good (laughs) (laughs) that's the that's like one and then there's another one right yeah yeah and then you (laughs) and and then that move they do
1: when they flip over into the lower bar and they like it looks like the the bar hits them in the stomach
2: to the to the higher bar and keep going back and forth like
3: yeah that shit looks hard that landing is always also like it's just like, you know, when that one foot moves in your heart. And
1: right. then you're just like, oh, right. oh my God, that's a, and then all of us, all of a sudden become experts in yeah. gymnasium, <laughs> <laughs> in It's a
3: really great documentary. It's very, very long. Uh, I think it's the 84 Olympics. Whenever the Olympics were, it's not 84. Whenever the Olympics were in LA. In LA. Yeah. Yeah. Is that 84?
1: I want to say that sounds like right, maybe 80. It sounds right. I think <laughs> yeah, well, we can look at what, whatever
3: we it is, but it's on Criterion. It is four hours long. But you know, in that in that world, this is great for you, Amanda, because you'll just like having movies on in the background. <laughs> the, you meet a lot of the people that competed, and obviously, if you want to find out who wins, you can know who wins. But the stories are so emotional, but they're also really like a bridge. So you spend time with a runner, and you spend time with a gymnast, and like, and you see some of like their world and their family, and it's just, and it's also shot on film, so it's like yes. Uh, it's gorgeous nice. highly recommend you know what, you know Wait, what? did you shoot zola on film yeah we did on 16 okay. mm yeah nice yes. i knew it <laughs>
2: <laughs> dina dino is the what's it called cinephile now uh-huh. <laughs> okay it,
1: what piece of advice would you give your 18 year old self i know we, we talked about your 19 year old self yeah. before but let's-
3: <laughs> <laughs> i uh would tell myself to spend a little less time comparing myself to others. Yeah.
1: That's such good advice. Like even for anyone
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even now, right? Like I I realized I turned 40 this year and something happened where my it's like my shoulders dropped a little bit more, or I just I really could feel that I gave a little less care Mm. about what wasn't feeding me yeah it was such a relief and I was like I can't believe that I get to feel I'm feeling this way now I wish I'd felt this when like my body was stronger you know Mm. (laughs) like or I wish I'd felt this when I just had more in front of me not to say that like my end is coming you know I don't believe that but it was just such a relief I had spent so much time worrying about what other people thought and so much time comparing my my road to other people's roads. Mm. And I just think it was a little bit of a waste. And I think that there are a lot of days that were spent like that, that really took me out, you know, that really took me down for the count that were a depression, a real proper depression. And I think that that stuff is useful. Feeling bad is very useful to being in this business, to being good at the work. All of that stuff is useful, but I also think there's wasted time there
1: right yes it's yeah just kind of measuring how much like i i'm i'm past 40 and i kind of feel that that kind of vibe of like oh oh, i'm giving less fucks now but i still give fucks you know that kind of thing Uh, where you're just like i i kind of care what you think but you know just leave me alone that kind of thing (laughs) and also just wanting to stay at home all the time and like yeah it's like come on man my back hurts this
3: year yes (laughs)
1: it's like oh this this is how life could be sweats all the time yeah sign me up on the i mean I like seeing people, but yeah. The
3: movie's called 16 Days of Glory, by the way. Okay,
1: okay. I'm gonna watch that too.
3: It also seems to be on HBO Max. Yeah. HBO Max.
1: Yeah. HBO yeah. Max has some good content. I'm, I'm
2: They do, them.
3: they seem yeah. really to have done. really good movies. You have yeah. to dig a little to find them, but they do have some really great pieces.
2: And some limited series too. I've been seeing
1: some good limited series on HBO. Like, okay, you know, I fuck with Mayor of East Town. Yeah, i was that.
3: gonna say that 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 was the last series <laughs> yeah, but in between that and today i did watch all of season five of law and order so i just oh, had to be honest good. yeah and, it's, i think it's 22 episodes so I wait, it was 16 days hours. of what what was it again glory 16, 16 days of glory
1: okay all right cool and mayor of east. yeah I, I i i was obsessed with mayor of east town for some reason just because kate winslet is like wild in that like I was just like Glorious. okay yeah yeah, okay so our last question Janixa is is there an underrepresented voice in the industry in film and tv whether it's an actor writer producer or creator that is not kind of well known or is doing dope things that people need to notice that you want to kind of just give a shout out to um you could talk to about multiple people uh, and or just like, even name yourself. I remember when Jimmy O. Yang was on, he just was like a myself.
3: Guys, <laughs> yeah. that's such a, uh, so here's, here's what I'm gonna say, cause I'm gonna be bad at this answer. Mm. My fear is that I'm gonna mention someone who doesn't feel this way about themselves. Mm. And, and then they'll think that I'm categorizing them in some kind of bottom. Yeah, yeah. And that that's not where they're seeing themselves. So I have an anxiety about that. Yeah. So I, I'm going to skip this question. But <laughs> very excited that other people have comfortably okay, so answered it. Who,
2: who, okay. Just so if, if you don't, who's just doing dope shit right now that you want to give a shout out to It doesn't need to be anybody like under-
1: re- underrepresented or anything. Just like what are, what kind of what's inspiring you or it who's needs, inspiring it you? Anything. It can be art. It
2: can be music. It, it doesn't have to be film or tv or anything
3: okay that works I like that one. <laughs> okay <laughs> um a filmmaker that I really dig who I think is phenomenal her name is Kat Solon and mm-hmm. she's an old friend of mine I I she's an old new friend like I met her first through her work her work in music videos, and then she went on to have this series on Adult Swim called The Shivering Truth, and she also works in puppetry and in animation, and I just think she's such a radical artist, and I am really excited to see what she does next, and the other person I would shout out uh, is someone who I met a few years ago at a writing residency whose name is Anu Valia. And um, and she had made a short film that had done pretty well at Sundance. It won an award there, and it had a festival circuit. And she's recently moved into directing episodic television. And I also am really excited to see what is going to come of her voice when she gets to work in the feature space for both of those women.:
2: Yay,. Oh thank my you so
1: God.
2: Love it. Um, thank you so much for joining us
3: today.
1: Yeah, I love the you. convo, and we love the movie, and we're not thank just you. saying that.
3: Yeah, otherwise. you are. You've been paid. I know it. Um, <laughs> if thank if you. we didn't
1: like it, we would have been all. Oh, can we just like push Janix this <laughs> episode? <laughs> no, but congrats
2: on the film and, and and to everything that you're doing. You're amazing. yeah, you had a great streak, and I, I'm gonna say congratulations, and I can't wait to see what else you have you have in store. Thank in the Zola so
1: universe.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you
3: guys, I really appreciate it.
0: plus.